God's already doing the work through that scripture in our lives. Amen. Tonight I'm going to be talking about God's covenant of increase. That's the second message. God's covenant of increase. God's always wanted increase. I've often said here that God is a family man. And God is still looking for more children. That's why he sent his son. He needs more people in his family. He can't be big enough. God wants the message going out so we can have more children for God. He sent his son for that purpose. But in our individual life, God's also looking for an increase. God wants you to succeed. Every father wants his son or daughter to succeed. No father is happy when a son or a daughter is not succeeding. So God wants us to succeed from the very beginning. His blessing on man was for success. What would be the need to bless Adam after he's already created Adam perfectly? Adam was already perfect when God created him. But then the Bible says in, first, in Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28, that the uh, Lord blessed him. He says God created him, uh, created human beings. He created them. I'm reading from the Message Bible. He created them God-like. In other words, he created them in his own image. God-like. They looked like God. That's why the Bible says Adam was the son of God. In Luke chapter 1, Adam was the son of God. So God created them God-like. They look just like God. The son of a monkey is a monkey. The son of a dog is a dog. The son of a man is a man. The son of God is like God. They look just like the father. No different. So God made them God-like. Reflecting God's very nature. God's very image. He created them male and female. So whether it's male or female, they still reflect God's image. It says, God then blessed them. They were created perfect and still God was blessing them. The word blessed means to enable them to succeed. Enable meant to succeed. When you hear the word blessed, God saying, I want to enable you to prosper. To prosper in your health, to prosper in your finances, to prosper with your children, to prosper mentally, physically, in every way God wants you to prosper. So God, after creating them, blessed them. And God says, prosper. It's a command. Amen? Prosper. Reproduce. Reproduce. Fill the earth. Take charge. Have dominion. Take charge. Don't just sit there. Take charge. Take charge of your finances. Take charge of what's happening in your home. Take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea and birds in the air. For every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. If it's moving on the, earth, the face of the earth... You have power over it. If it's moving on the earth, God said to Adam, you have dominion over it. And then I've often said, that, said this here, God actually gave dominion to Adam to name whatever was creeping on the earth. And whatever Adam called it was his name. God had nothing to do with it. If Adam said that was an elephant, God says, you're right, that's an elephant. The angels say, that's an elephant. The demons say, that's an elephant. Nobody can change it. Because Adam named it that way. As long as he's on the earth. So God's giving us that dominion. 
But then there was the fall. And so you think, well, after the fall, will God still expect men to prosper? Now, after God destroyed the world that was then, before, uh, at the time of Noah, right after the, fall, uh, the, the flood, God started talking to Noah and spoke to Noah the same way he spoke to Adam even before the fall. So the fall didn't change God's mind concerning success for men. The fall didn't change his mind. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's mind will not change regardless of what's happening in your life. His will for you remains the same. It will never change. It's depending on you to work with Him so that His will in your life is fulfilled. But God's will for you will never change. So you see God saying the same thing that He said to Adam when Adam was perfect. He's saying it to to Noah. And not just Noah now. First it was just Noah. I mean it was just Adam and his wife. Now God was speaking not only to Noah, but Noah's children and their wives. And he's saying exactly the same thing he said to Adam and Eve before the fall. What does that say? God's mind concerning success on earth hasn't changed. God's idea of increase to prosper. Sometimes when we use the word prosper, people are thinking just money. Well, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who have money. I was talking to somebody about the woman who was supporting, supporting uh, John Edwards. Remember John Edwards, the senator, to run for office? She was giving millions, and she has this great mansion. You know where she lived? You know where her home was? The hospital. That's where she lived. She could dole out millions. But she can go home, she can sleep. I don't consider that the will of God. That's not God's will for her. That's the will of the enemy. Because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all who was oppressed by the devil. Everyone. So that couldn't be God's will. So just having money doesn't mean you got success. There are a lot of people with money and have a lot. They can't sleep at night. They wish they were in your place just to have a little rest. That's what I was telling the man. I said he felt like God was doing something to his sickness. I said, well, no, you won't give your son cancer just to teach them a lesson. To bring them home. And you won't do that. But God himself said, you being evil, you don't do that to your, to your children. So God doesn't make anyone sick. So God wants you to prosper. But he's saying the same thing to Noah. He says to Noah, Genesis 9 verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons. He said to them exactly what he said to Adam and Eve. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. The same words. Nothing changed. And that's why last week when we were going into this, I started talking to us about some of the things we heard before we got to know God. 
There are a lot of things we are told before, and some of things that we assume before we get to know God. We've been told that the preacher is supposed to be poor <laughs> and humble. And many times Christians in church say, God, you keep him humble, we'll make sure we keep him poor. We'll do that part for you. And so we believe that if you, if you follow God and you're truly godly, you shouldn't have anything. So your children can eat. It doesn't make sense. If it doesn't make sense to you, how could it make sense to God? Why would God allow only his children not to be able to feed their kids, but those that are insulting him, they can take care of their children. They can buy the nice cars. But if you truly serve God, you should drive a Pinto. It doesn't make sense. This painter stuff has been a while since I came to the U.S. and saw that little car with painter, and I said, well, that's a pint kind of car. I don't want that kind of car. Uh, but God doesn't concern himself with what you drive. He wants you comfortable. Every father wants that for his children. And if you believe otherwise, then be it unto you according to your faith. It's according to what you believe. God will deliver to you what you allow Him to do in your life. Pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't want what heaven wants to give to you, heaven will not bother with you. But until you cry out to God, it will never be delivered to you. Because if it's delivered to you, you won't be grateful. You didn't want it. Why would you thank Him for something you don't want in the first place? So we have to be in agreement with God. How can two walk together except they are in agreement? God is the one asking that. Amos 3 verse 3. How can two walk together except they are in agreement? And coming to the house of God is to hear the word of God so that you can align your thinking to, uh, with God's thinking so that you can agree with Him to deliver to you what He already wants to deliver to you. But until you get it, he can never give it to you. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They go into captivity because they have no knowledge. So we need to have the knowledge of the Word of God so that God can deliver to us what Jesus purchased for us on the cross. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. If I'm constantly in bed, can't do anything, that's contrary to His will. But the Bible tells us that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. As long as you lay there and refuse to fight the enemy for your inheritance, you won't get what God's given to you. It's not like we have to wrestle with God. And I used to think in those days when I heard that scripture, the kingdom of God suffers violence. I would say, are we going to be fighting with God now, Pastor? To get what we want? That means he really doesn't want to give it. No, he's the enemy that's trying to stop you from getting what God wants you to have. And you have to tell him, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you don't resist him, he stays around as if he's welcome. Until you tell him, no, you can't do that in my home. Stop moving that chair in my home. People say, ooh, 
Did you see that? The chair moved. You have the authority to tell him, quit. And he'll listen to you. Why? He doesn't belong to our earth. God made this place for us. He's an intruder, and you can stop the thief. So the word of God came to, to Noah, and God blessed him in the same way he blessed Adam, as if the fall didn't take place. Why? Because it's still God's will for you, his children, to prosper and to be in health, even as your soul prospers. Third John 2. Third John 2. You can read that. God's will is still the same. He said, I wish that my children prosper and be in health even as their soul prospers. The will of God has no change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't have to look at my current circumstance. I'm looking at where I'm going. I know where I'm coming from, and I know where I'm going. That's what Jesus said. Even if I testify alone, without anybody agreeing with me, my testimony is true. Because he said, I know where I'm from, and I know where I'm going. That's what Jesus said. So his testimony to us is true. But when he came to Abraham, a man that God himself picked out of the earth... He found a man that could be his friend. Abraham, his friend, his heart was right. And God started speaking something different. To Abraham, now the world was filling up with people. And there were a lot of people all over the place and a lot of violence. But God saw a man named Abraham. And God started speaking to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. God says, and I will make you a great nation. Just from one man, just you right now, I'll take you and I will make you into a nation. If God says that to me, I'll say, what do you mean? Can you explain a little bit more? Because it's just me. How am I going to be a great nation? Just me. But that's what God said to him. And you will be a great nation. Then God says, I will empower you. I will bless you and make your name great. I'll make you famous. They'll still be talking about you until this world passes away. How many of you know somebody talking about Abraham somewhere in the world today? Even at the Ark Fellowship we are. I will make your name famous. If you go around the United States, you'll find a lot of people called Abraham. We, have, we even have a great one called Abraham Lincoln. Remember him? Yeah. I'll make your name famous. People will like to have your name. Please don't give your son good luck as a name. <laughs> no, <kidding. laughs> Not in the U.S. Maybe in Nigeria, yeah, they will tolerate that. In the U.S., is that your name? Is that your name? Really? Good luck to you. Good luck. Oh, wow. I had to explain that a lot. But Abraham, that's a good name, amen? <laughs> God blessings, not good luck. It says, I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. In other words, through you, I will empower others to prosper. Amen. That's every one of you. I will make your name great, and I will make you a blessing. Through you, I will empower others to prosper. So the one that's working, if you are employed, 
your employer, just like with Joseph, remember Joseph? He was one of, the one, the, uh, one of those individuals that was benefiting from the blessing of Abraham. We're talking about that. And his employer, oh, he was a slave in that home. But the guy knew uh, because of Joseph, this family receiving a bunch. So he gave everything to Joseph. You can handle it. I'm not going to touch it because it seems everything you touch is blessed. It says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be empowered to prosper. How many of you are not from a family here? Can I see your hand up? Please don't raise your hand. We'll think you are a foreigner. (laughs) Every family of the earth will be blessed. That's you. Through you, every family of the earth shall be blessed. Empowered to succeed. Through Abraham. And Jesus was the seed of Abraham. And through Jesus, every family will be blessed. In Revelation, it says, people from every tribe, every nation, standing before the Lamb. Every tribe, every nation, every family is represented. Every family is going to be blessed. So you'll be asking God, What about my family? This scripture is true. It is written here. My family needs this blessing. The blessing of Abraham. That's your portion. And I'm going to show you. The reason I want to go to this is to show you from the word of God that that, this blessing, God was really talking about you. Your name is in the book. You're right here. If you have a family, he was talking about you. Right here in the book, in the Word of God. God was referring to you. Don't take yourself out. God was referring to you. Every family will be blessed. Every family will be blessed. Every family shall be blessed. That's what the Word says. You know, Jacob... Underst- I mean, understood that was the beneficiary of this. But Isaac, the son of Abraham, knew. We call God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But there was a time when Isaac called God the God of Abraham. And when Abraham was gone, Jacob will refer to God. The God of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. And then after Jacob left, now he became the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And today he is your God. According to the scripture. Many times you read in the scriptures and they are talking to King David. And they'll say to him, may the Lord your God do whatever. Now he is not the God of David. Today I'm saying to you, because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
Guess who he is? God is called by your name. He is your God. And just like as he wanted these people to prosper, he wants you to prosper just like they did. Because he is your God. You know, Isaac was blessing Jacob before Jacob left home. Jacob was going to start his own life now. And Isaac started blessing him. Now listen to what he said to over Jacob as he was blessing Jacob. He said in Genesis 28, verse 3 and 4, he says, May God Almighty bless you. So he referred to God, the great God of the universe. God Almighty bless you, Jacob. Empower you to succeed. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you. In other words, the same words, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, become a nation. Just like God spoke to to Abraham. He says, God bless you, make you fruitful and multiply you. That you may be an assembly of peoples. Why not people? The Jewish people are supposed to be people, right? Peoples. That's you. God was prophesying back then, referring to you. An assembly of peoples. And give you what? The blessing of Abraham. Give you that was just Abraham just gone. Now this is Isaac praying for his son and telling, May God give you the blessing of Abraham. So what I'm about to put to you before you this this night is that there is a thing called the blessing of Abraham that can be spoken and placed over somebody's life, an anointing called the blessing of Abraham. That will come over your life to prosper. He said to give you. In other words, you don't have it now, but God's going to give it to you. The blessing of Abraham. To bless you. God said, I will bless you. And through you, every family of the earth is going to be blessed. May God give you that blessing. So through you... Those around you will begin to receive a blessing from the Lord. May God give you the blessing of Abraham. That's what he was saying to to Jacob, his son. But then he says, to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. I mean, you know, we are strangers here. The Bible says, We are ambassadors for Christ. You came from above. That which is born from above is above all. Born again means born from above. You are born from above. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 3 that which is from above is above all. So we are born from above. And God has given us the blessing of Abraham. You know, a lot of people used to wonder if God's giving the children the blessing of Abraham. How come we have so much trouble, even among Christians? 
how much we have so much, how, how come we have so much difficulties and all of that. The reason for that is we have not accepted the blessing. We are still focused on the curse. And I said on Sunday, whatever you focus on will take over your life. We need to focus on the Word of God. We need to focus on the blessings of God. We need to focus on God's goodness. We need to listen to the Word of God and do what the Word says because we believe the Word of God and act on the Word. We need to do that. I want to let you know that the blessing of Abraham is greater than the curse. The blessing of Abraham is greater than the curse. The curse was already here when God blessed Abraham. And the blessing of Abraham launched Abraham above the curse. We have the law of gravity, don't we? But then there is the law of aerodynamics. The plane can fly. Even though the law of gravity is still working. The curse can be there. But if you have the blessing of Abraham on your life, the curse, the curse cannot pull you down. You continue to soar. You come down only when you quit operating in the law of the blessing of Abraham. So God has blessed us. Christ, uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse, verse uh, 13 and 14 tells us this. Christ has redeemed us. That's you. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? What does the scripture mean by the curse of the law? You can read. In Deuteronomy 28, the curse of the law is right there. It, if you go through all of it, it's poverty, sickness, and disease, hardship, all kinds of evil stuff. That's the curse of the law. But when you are operating under the blessing of Abraham, the Bible says you will be blessed going out, you will be blessed coming in. That's what it says. God will empower you for success. He gives you the power to get wealth, according to the scriptures. That's the blessing of Abraham. That's what God gave to the children of Abraham. So the blessing of Abraham is greater than the curse. We need to understand that. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We have, then he said, the Lord, the, the Lord also, the Son of Man, is also Lord over the Sabbath. That's a man over a day. So we need to listen to what God is saying. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus took the curse away. How? Because he hung on a tree. That's what the scripture tells us. 
that he bore our sins on the cross. But also he bore our sicknesses and our diseases on the cross. Because sickness and disease is part of the curse. We can be healthy. I, I was listening to some, a preacher today, and he was talking about a man that's about 109 years old. He's still preaching. Never sick, still preaching. After listening to that, I changed my mind. I want to stay long and without sickness and disease. You can make it happen, but He is. And if God is not, it's really a waste of time to leave your television program and be in church listening to some man. It's a joke. But I believe there is a God who watches over His Word to perform it. And all that he's wanting, he's looking for that man that will say, I got it. I got it. And then he does it for them. That's why we go to him. That's why we pray to him. Prayer is not just, you know, some kind of religious exercise. Prayer is to give permission to God. I need you. Come in. Come in into my life. Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. Until you open the door, he's still standing out there. He's the Lord of the universe, but cannot come in until you open. And the way you open is to pray, telling yes. So prayer is not just a religious exercise. The more you ask him to come in, the more you are blessed. The more you cease from doing that, the more you are out on your own. Leaning on your own understanding and going it your way. We got to follow the way of God. And it's the way of blessing. It's the blessing of Abraham. It says, give you the blessings of Abraham. Cursed is everyone who hangs on the trees. Jesus hung on the tree for us. That's Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Verse 14 says that the reason he did that for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Me also. Hello, me also. I'm part of this blessing. Even though by, by nature, naturally, I didn't come through Abraham, but by spiritual birth, I became a part of Abraham. And so God wants that blessing, that thing called blessing of Abraham, to come upon the Gentiles. Every family of the earth be blessed. That's why it's got to me. Every family. I got a family on the earth. Even though by, by naturally I'm not Abraham's child by blood. But spiritually I belong to his family. The Bible says we are now fellow citizens with Israel. Spiritually. So we can inherit the blessings of Abraham. Whatever was stopping the blessings of Abraham from coming to us. As Gentiles, God moved it away. When Jesus died, the veil was torn from top to bottom. Anyone can inherit the blessing of Abraham if they want it. If they want it, anyone can. If you want it, if you don't want it, God will not bother with you. But if you want it, God says, I have been waiting so long for you to say yes. (laughs) Now, finally, you said yes. 
Amen. We, we have this mentality that God's holding everything back from us. No, we are holding back. We are holding God back so that he won't bless us. If you read Isaiah 54, God says, spread your tent. Make it larger. Make it larger. Strengthen the stake. Because you are now, God says, now you are about to expand to the right and to the left. Because God wants that. So the curse, the blessing, the blessing of Abraham is greater than the curse. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, he says, in Christ Jesus. How is he going to get to you? In Christ Jesus. So once you are in Christ Jesus, you are a candidate for the blessing of Abraham. Don't mean you have it, but you are a candidate now. Right? <laughs> you are a candidate now for the blessing of Abraham. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It's an amazing thing when you think about the promise of the Spirit. Because in the Old Testament, only the prophets, even among the children of Abraham, only the prophets and the kings and the priests can have the Holy Spirit come upon them. Now, every family, every individual can have this blessing of the Spirit of God in your life to speak and walk through you. Let me read this scripture. Galatians chapter 3, please. Verse 29. Just to buttress what I was saying, that if you are in Christ, you are a candidate. It says in verse 29, Galatians 3 verse 29, and if you, that's if, a big if, if you are Christ, if you belong to the Lord Jesus, then you are what? Abraham's seed and heir according to what? The promise of Abraham's blessing. You are an heir to it. If you are in Christ, then you are an heir to the blessing of Abraham. And until you begin to carry yourself that way, God cannot work with you very much. You have to change the way you think. In Romans chapter 12, it says, be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to be transformed? How are you going to be launched into your inheritance when your mind changes? Through the word of God, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, often when I'm preaching overseas, just trying to make an illustration to let the people understand how God wants to lift you up. Take, for example, a man. You know, he, his father died and a multimillionaire. Don't even realize that father left anything and left a will for him. Did you know that this is the will of God? The word covenant, the old will and the new will. And God has a bunch of good stuff here for you. Called blessing of Abraham. Let's say there's a kid now. His, his multi-millionaire dad's gone. 
But he's been out there doing crazy stuff and didn't know whether dad left him anything. Dad wasn't happy with the way he was living his life. But now dad is gone. Maybe before dad died, he changed his life and came in. Dad was happy. But right after that, dad was gone. And he's not sure. And he had not walked. He had nothing. Now he, he, he walks around thinking, I wonder if dad left anything for me. I wonder if dad left anything for me. I was reading the story of a, a preacher saying some man, uh, was, uh, a lady was asking, I wonder uh, if, if my husband left anything uh, for me in his will. My rich husband. And the fellow said, why don't you read the will? What's the problem? <laughs> read the will. Okay? It's as simple as that. If you're wondering if Jesus, after his death, left something for you, read the will. Read the book. You'll find his will. That you're not supposed to be sick. Hey, I'm not supposed to be sick. That's wonderful. It's great. And it did happen. There was a child that was dying, and, and, and he was up in his room. Now I'm going from one story to another. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> But this kid was dying, and Mama had prepared, prepared this kid to die. She, he was up in his room. Maybe she, uh, it's been a while since I read this story. But then she read First uh, uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 24, uh, that J- Jesus has healed her. And she came down, running from my room, because she couldn't move. Mama, Mama, prepare me some breakfast. I got to eat. Mama said, oh, you shouldn't be down here. What's happening? Go back up. Lying in your bed. No, Mama. Jesus has healed me. She says, oh, this cancer has really gotten into her brain now. And she's even worse. She said, Mama, no. I'm okay. Read the book. Mama, didn't you tell us that whatever we read, we should believe? You see, he says, by his stripes, I was healed. And Mama says, Mama says, oh, oh, please. God help us, she's really lost, she's losing the mind. And uh, she says, Mama, get me some eggs, I want to eat. That, that child was healed. That child was healed. Discovered what was written in the will. But back to my other story, okay? <laughs> now, this kid is out there, wandering, sleeping out in the streets. And here comes a Mercedes Benz. And a well-dressed man comes out with tie and everything. Now he has all tongue jeans and all of that. And he's saying, hey, I heard that Johnny was here. He's thinking, boy, I must be in trouble. Why are they looking for Johnny? And the guy says, hey. He said, that's Johnny. He said, what do you want from me? I'm just a street man. And he said, hey, Johnny, I'm a lawyer. He says, then I said, I'm in real trouble now. A lawyer is looking for me. He said, did you know I've been looking for you for a long time? He says, huh? He says, yeah, for a long time your father left a will. He said, really? He left a few million dollars for you. He says, uh, lawyer, please don't lie to me. Are you sure? He said, yeah. He left everything. You know how his attitude is going to change? He no longer sees himself as a street man. 
he's looking, saying, why am I in this clothes? What's going on? A lawyer said, come, let's go to my office. All you have to do is sign these papers and we'll start working on everything. Now, all of a sudden, he's seeing himself in a mansion. Can you see that? He's seeing himself in the nice Mercedes Benz. He's happy. He's telling his friend, you know, you have been good to me. He's still in his filthy clothes, okay? But he's telling his friend, you know, you've been good to me. And when I get back, I'm going to buy you a new house, okay? And his friend is saying, yeah, Johnny, you're such a great friend. He's still in his filthy clothes, but they heard the word, right? And they saw the liar. It makes a lot of sense. And the lawyer came with a Mercedes Benz. He couldn't be lying. We have more than that in the book. And we got the Holy Spirit with us. That's better than a Mercedes Benz and a liar. All we have to do is trust the word. And let God be God. Please don't consider your circumstance. Don't consider the waves as you walk on water. Trust in the word of God and walk on water. Because if you turn your eyes away and you start looking at the storm and the waves, you begin to sink. But today, the word of the Lord to you is that God is sufficient for everything that you need. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Why? Because all those things are part of the blessings of Abraham. It's not, it's, it's a great fun, fun to serve God. It's not boring to serve God. You'll see a lot of things every day as God is at work in your life, showing you different things, allowing you to go through tough times. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and the staff, that's the word of God. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That's the God that we serve. Those are not just scriptures just to talk about these things are real. And you know, Jesus is here tonight. And cool from this very night. Things can begin to change in your life. He wants us to trust Him. Especially when everything is hopeless. That's when we honor Him. He says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Abraham believed against hope. It was a hopeless situation... But he believed against hope. Because God has said. Even though he knew his wife was barren. He believed. Against what he knew in the natural. And God was pleased with that. How many will believe God tonight. Against what's happening in your life. And say there's got to be a change. This is time to fight. There's got to be a change. Stand up with me tonight. There's got to be a change. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't be afraid of anything. 
The worst that can happen to you is death. It's nothing more than that. For a man. But God, Jesus himself, has triumphed over death. So we have nothing to fear. As long as we are with Jesus. Things will change. And things will change for you tonight. Amen? Things are going to change for you tonight. Those of you that are believing God for a change in your life. Please don't be bashful. Don't look at anybody. You want God to begin to work in a given area in your life. Can you come and stand before him today? Tonight? You need God to begin to do a work in a particular area in your life. Can you come and stand before him tonight? I also.